Hey, it's Jamie, and welcome to a selects edition of Eventual Millionaire. This is where we go back and find the best of the best, the ones that you loved from the past six, seven years. We've been doing this a long time, and there's some amazing interviews with amazing guests that you have not seen yet. So we are bringing them back. It is the selects edition. Let us know what you think, and I hope you enjoy. Potent advice and inspiration from real self-made millionaires. Welcome to The Eventual Millionaire with your host, Jamie Masters. Welcome to Eventual Millionaire. I am Jamie Masters, and today on the show, we have Allison J. Prince. You can find her at allisonjprince.com. She's run an e-com company. She's even taught her children how to make a six-figure business as teenagers. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I absolutely loved the highlight reel that you sent me. So I need you to give me a bit of an update of what that highlight reel is because you've had quite a few different businesses. I have. I have. I started in the blogging industry because I wanted to figure out how to make money online. And blogging, as you know, you work for what, like five cents an hour for the first three years. And that really wasn't paying the bills. And so what I did is I decided to open up my first e-commerce business, but everything that I read online was that you had to have this huge inventory, right? And you had to have a lot of money to pay for that inventory. And as a mother of four and as a school teacher, yeah, that wasn't gonna happen, right? So I looked around my office, my makeshift office. It was like a corner of a room. <laughs> Everybody has one, right? And I found these leftover crafting supplies that were headed to the trash. So I decided to set up a site. I had a friend set up a site because I don't know how to do tech at all. And we put those vinyl sheets up online. Now, if you don't know what vinyl is, it's like a black sticky paper that you can cut out words. I didn't even have a cutter to cut out the words. So it literally was just sheets of vinyl. And I put them online and we sold out in about two hours. And I was like, yes, I've hit it. I've made it. I figured it out. And that was like $200 at the time. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And so then it hit me. Oh my gosh, I don't have anything to sell tomorrow. And so I went down into my basement and I'm rummaging through just anything I could find. And I found some leftover gable boxes that held cookies in them from a birthday party. And so I put those up online the next day and they didn't sell. And I'm like, it's okay. 50, 50. I'm, I'm still in the game. And then the third day I put up another product and I don't recall what it was, but they didn't sell. And at that third day, I'm like, ah, oh, just a, that was just a fluke. I got lucky. I'm going to quit. And then I had this feeling of Allison, you can't quit. This is part of your journey. You cannot quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. So I woke up the next day. I woke up at 4am to get everything ready. And that fourth day I'd sold out of my product. So I had to realize, or I had to decide at that moment that entrepreneurship is literally a roller coaster ride, right? And was I going to get in the front seat of that roller coaster or was I going to get out? There was no other option. And so I decided at that moment, I'm sitting in the front seat, my hands up screaming and I'm going on the ride. <laughs> that takes guts though, doesn't it? I mean, it really, especially it when you had so much other stuff going on with kids, because we have all the excuses in the world to not ride that roller coaster. Even if you yeah. want the dream that bad, you had so much else on your plate. So much else. And a dog and... <laughs> You know, like diapers. And I remember I was nursing my baby and I had to learn how to type one handed so that I could get all the, all the typing that I needed to. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm a good one handed typer. So am I. So am I. 
<laughs> the things mamas have to do that nobody right? knows in the background. Yeah, but the fact that you did it anyway, right? So how did you not have any excuses? Like, how did you not use your excuses? What made you actually go all in? So one of the things that I've learned is we have two voices in our head, right? Without, I mean, this is not, we literally like, we're speaking to someone and then we have another voice that comes in is like, oh my gosh, do I have spinach in my teeth? Oh my gosh, is my shirt crooked, right? And we've got these like inner voices criticizing us constantly. And some people say it's like to help you or to guide you or to lead you or whatever it is, right? But there's always the voice that is very negative um, that you have in your head. And the way I see it is with the hope, the inspiration, the good things that we're going to, that's following the light or following the uh, what God has given us for our dreams to live. And then if we're following that negativity of, oh my gosh, stop talking because your breath stinks or whatever it is, when it really doesn't, you're just making it up in your head, that's the dark or um, the devil coming into your head. And so when you start a business, like God or the light is giving you, like, take this dream, go live it. Like, you've got this, you can do it, right? And then what happens? All the self-doubt comes into our head of, I can't, I can't do this. There's no way I've got four kids. I don't know what I'm doing for dinner tonight. I've got 10 loads of laundry piling up. The grass is overgrown (laughs) out of control. And we have to be able to separate those out and say, okay, I'm not following you today, Satan. I'm not following you dark. I'm going to go after the light and the hope and the freedom that I really want to live, that God wants me to live. God wants me to step into who he made me. And it's my job to recognize that and to kick it out. Now, I don't do that on my own. I have support. I have an amazing husband. I have an amazing sister that I can call. And I'm like, I'm really struggling because I I don't feel like I can do this. I've got imposter syndrome. I've got doubts. Can you help me? And now what we call it is, hey, and I'll call my sister, ask my husband. I'm like, can you hold my fear? Hmm. Can you hold my fear while I step into who I'm supposed to be. And by just visualizing me lifting that up and handing it to them has helped me so incredibly much. Even my age or audience, I had to overcome stage fright quite a bit. (laughs) And so they would come up to me and hold me and say, mom, I've got your fear. Go be who you need to be. And so it's just like this mental game to help me separate it so that I don't listen to that. Yeah, because and everybody has that stuff. Teeth, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if I have broccoli in my teeth, the, the voice is saying, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go own that broccoli. <laughs> go own it. I know. I'm like checking my teeth right now. I don't think I have broccoli in my teeth, right? <laughs> just making sure. My voice came up. You know, just, just checking. You know. <laughs> but, but you're right. Like, so, so the hard thing is that it feels very um, uncontrollable on what's coming in. And I love hearing that you're so, you care about your faith so much and that that can lead you that way. But this idea of holding fear, like I want to, I want to give all the fear away. Right. But how do they, so when I um, asked a bunch of questions to uh, husbands and wives that are in business together, they were like, Oh, well, give, talking everything out about business to your um, significant other or to your family, sometimes they don't get it. So are they in entrepreneurship too? Is your Does your sister understand this roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship so she can actually really hold and understand what you're going through? So I, my sister, I just, I considered her my business therapist because she just lets me vomit everything out. <laughs> I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, how can I help you? And I'm like, you really can't. 
like physically, yes. but you just listening to me, helps me organize my thoughts. Yeah. Sometimes just talking about it releases the, the power that it has on you. Mm. And so she allows me to do that. My husband allows me to do that and he's gotten better. There's some times where he's like, can we please talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. I, I'm wondering, because that's the reality, right? It's never always oh, it like, is. oh, I like I need a verbal process, honey. Let's do that right now. They're like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, that's awesome. So how do you deal with that? Because, well, I want to hear the rest of your story too, but I, I really want to know how you can do this with your kids, because the kids even have an amazing story, and being able to have them understand how you hold their fear, I'm sure, and they hold your fear is insanely amazing. How old are they now? So my baby is 10. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. <laughs> He's the one that I was nursing, typing one-handed. And then I've got an 11-year-old, a 15-year-old, and then one that just turned 18. You I know. Great. You look great. Jamie. Just so we said. <laughs> That's it's very amazing. Lighting. It's lighting. <laughs> but being able to be a mom of that many children, right? No offense. We use motherhood as an excuse. I know I do sometimes. It's like oh, all the things, yeah. right? So so give me a trajectory of how they saw your path, right? So if, you're, uh, if your 10-year-old was born, right, they've been able to see you grow uh, and do all these new businesses. So walk us through what that looks like through their eyes. I'm giving you a challenge okay. for a question. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. So actually, we did um, family pictures mm -hmm. right before we moved to Puerto Rico. And we actually did pictures in our warehouse. And so back behind us, there's boxes. We're holding boxes. The kids are in the little, um, like the big U-line tote that has all the little popcorn pieces in it, like <laughs> laying in it. And we went out and we got formals. And so we're wearing bling and sparkle and suits and ties just to represent what our family has been through over the last 10 years. We started shipping out of the garage and then we started our first little warehouse and then we got the next warehouse. And then we were up to a 30,000 square foot facility. And that's all they've known is they've known, okay, that you start, you take it step by step by step. And then that's how your business is built. It's none of this get rich quick crap that's out there, right? It really is about building day after day. I started making $200 for my first sale. I fell the next two days, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep going. This is what we're going to do. Let's go. And so they've learned that process of being able to start and not have like these big, huge reactions to whatever they start. Like when they start swimming, they know it's going to take time to build up. It's not like they're going to become Michael Phelps overnight. And so I just think the process of watching, having them watch you go step by step, get over struggles and obtain your goals is so powerful in a family. And having them a part of it, I remember when I first got started, I couldn't afford models and we were selling these little girl tights. I didn't have little girls. My girls were eight and nine or whatever at the time, eight and 10. And so I had to put my little toddler boys in little lacy girls tights and paint their toenails. And then they had their, um, what's it called? Uh, cars underwear on. <laughs> and I just needed a shot of their knees in below. And they, at the time were like, yeah, we'll do it. Just don't show our faces, you know, and I, I want to respect them and, of course, um, that's awesome. as, you know, <laughs> and so you learn how to use your resources of what you have at the time. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how did, how did they see your struggles? Oh, they were a part of it. Awesome. Like, they I, were I need legs. It. I need baby legs. <laughs> Let's figure were, this out. They were part of it. And so I just took pictures of the knees down 
And I show them today. I'm like, guess whose legs those are? And they're like, mm, they're the, they're my sisters. They are not mine. They will not accept it. <laughs> how did you? But yeah, learn, they were part of the journey. How did you learn about all that? Because because you've grown multi. That was a multi million dollar business that you grew. I so, too. Yeah, that's insane. So how did you learn that quickly, especially with the limited amount of time that you had? So I think it's like when you go watch your kids play basketball and it's their team versus another team. And the other team's always taking shots, shot after shot, after shot, after shot. And then your kid's team, they're hesitant to take shots. Hmm. And maybe the, over the whole game, they're only taking two to three shots. Whereas the other team is taking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shots. The reason why I was successful is because I put an offer out every single day over and over and over again. And then I'm like, Oh, I guess if I lay down on the ground, and try and take a shot, I know that's not going to go in, right? Okay, if I can get closer to the basket, those are have a better chance of going in. So it was just that repetition of, of shooting, taking that shot, and being okay with missing and forgiving myself and kicking that inner voice out. It's like, Allison, you probably shouldn't have done that today, or you made a mistake, or you're not good enough, like just kicking that out. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm going to learn this. And so it was just day after day after day taking those shots. What do you think was the biggest pivot point of those shots? Because if you're doing it daily and it grew that fast, was there any pivot points that really made a huge difference? Yes, hiring. Mm. I thought I had to do it all, right? Like when you get started, you're like, no one knows my product like I do. No one can take pictures of a physical product like I do. They don't know the vision of it and and you're just talking yourself into so much. So actually it was during witching hour. Do you know what witching hour is? No. It's oh, between like, five oh, to seven at yes, night. Yes. <laughs> when the babies are hungry. Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah, you've got homework going on. You've got soccer practice going on. And it's just mass chaos. And I was in my, uh, <laughs> where I take my pictures, which sounds super fancy until you pull back the curtain. It's really my kitchen table when I first started, right? And the kids are screaming someone's on the piano and my brother walks in and he's like, what are you doing, Allison? And I'm like, Oh, I just have to get these pictures taken for, to post. And he's like, why are you taking pictures? And I was like, I thought that's just what I had to do. And he's like, no, I love you, but you will not grow. If you are doing everything, you have to hire a photographer. And so that was a pivotal point. Someone else looking at my business. My brother was my coach at the time, looking at my business and saying, you're doing that wrong. And the guts for someone to say, you're doing that wrong. And then for me to be able to adjust, I think we get so focused. I mean, that's why coaching is so powerful, right? It's because someone else can take a look at it and be like, oh my gosh, you're killing yourself. Knock it off. There's an easier way to do this. Knock it off. I like it. Yeah. It's usually like a knock it off. Just stop it. Yeah. But you actually have to listen. So go you for actually listening to him instead of being like, no, it's fine. I can do it myself because that's something else I've said often, more often than I probably should. No, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. And then <laughs> until you want to die because you're like, I can't take enough photos. So, yeah, so yeah. how does that work? So especially with your kids, I really want to get into the kid story because I know my daughter listens to the show every night. I, I know. And I want, I want to give her this because it sounds like your kids have grit. And so you must have helped cultivate that. So tell me about their story because you, what you wrote down here is just absolutely amazing. So when I started my first e-com, I struggled with a lot of uh, one-hit wonder. Uh, like, am I good enough? Did I just get lucky? 
And so I actually started another business on the side in secret to see if I could build another uh, million dollar business selling basically just a couple products, right? As entrepreneurs like challenge ourselves, I think I was just challenging myself. So when I hit a million dollars, I'm like, okay, I know I can do this. And then my husband and I, uh, we got to the point where our teenage girls were starting to sleep in, you know, teenagers starting, they get up at 10 o'clock on Saturdays. <laughs> they don't want to do their chores. And so uh, my husband and I had this idea of why don't we give an option for our children to start earning money, to set up their own business instead of just the all encompassing, you've got to go to college to become financially independent, which we know that's a lie now, but to be able to give them options, options that we didn't have when we were kids. Like the only option for me was you go to college. I did. I was a teacher and I qualified for food stamps, right? That's, that's a fun story. (laughs) And so we wanted to give our kids options, but we knew that if we said, Hey, go start a business, they'd be like, what? Mm Mm-mm. So we actually gave them three options. And as parents, you know how you kind of help mold their choices a little bit? We were guilty of that. (laughs) And so we said, okay, we're going to give you three choices. You can either move out of the house, you can do more chores, or you can start a business. And they were like, we want to start a business, right? That's the easy option for them, right? (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to move out or have more chores, so yeah. And then this is the point where people come back and they're like, Allison, you just probably help them. I didn't because I was running two multi-million dollar businesses, right? I just gave them the framework and they took the framework and they had to make this happen. They became responsible to their customers. They became like their customers like, hey, where's my order? And they're like, oh no, we messed up. And so by not, me not helicoptering or, or my husband helicoptering, they were able to learn to process. Did they make mistakes? Yes. Did they pout? Yes. Did they want to quit more times than I can count? But what we did is we set them up with a process where, like, okay, you're only going to work Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings. That's it. We want you to still be kids. We still want you to go to whatever teenage whatever kids do right as teenagers we still want you to live your life but we also want you to start learning the value of money and so they started this business with this the same way that I started my other businesses and they crossed their first six figures in nine months which is so fun (laughs) right that's insane So wait, so let's ba- let's talk about this a little bit because and in e-com it's yeah. a little different anyway. Um, but was it tell me what they actually did because when people are listening to the show and they're like, if a teenager can make six figures in nine months, what the heck am I doing with my life? Right. So tell me a little bit about the right. brass tax of especially if they didn't have tons of your help to be able to do it. So what did they actually do? What did they create? So the first thing they had to do was decide on a product. And this is where this this part gets a little frustrating for me because a lot of people think they have to have this brand new Shark Tank idea, right? They have to invent something. They have to go get patents and trademarks and all that kind of stuff. But there's so many products out there that are already selling. So why wouldn't you sell a product that's already selling, right? You, you know people already want it. You don't have to test the market as much. You do have to test a little bit, but not as much because they're already selling. So at the time, uh, we sat them down. We had them look at a couple sites and we said, okay, you can see how many of these have been selling which product would you want to choose? And they chose a scarf, just a scarf that goes around your neck, right? Mm -hmm. How many billions of scarves have been sold, right? They didn't choose a shark tank idea. They just rode the bandwagon of scarves 
and they sold those. So they did have to take a small loan out from us for $200 because I think they had like a quarter in their piggy bank. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we charged them interest because we're like, if you go anywhere else, it, I was like, I don't know, one to two percent. I thought I was hardcore. I don't charge my interest. <laughs> they do have to take loans, but they don't charge interest. Wow, that's awesome. Just, just little, so they can see what interest. So they know is. what it is exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I I remember being. Um, uh, a small kid and I would always have money underneath the plates because we had ATMs back in the day and my dad would give me interest. So I was like, interest is, I would, he'd give me like $2 every single time he'd borrow 10 bucks and give it back. Nice. And so I was just making money. I thought that's how the world worked though. I was like, sweet. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I mean, it does technically, but when you get a savings account when you're 15, it was like, there's just 2%. I get squat. I hate this. Right. Anyway, but yep. it taught, <laughs> it taught the value of the opposite side of how interest really matters. And to me, maybe yes. I'm doing my kids a disservice. I should be charging them interest. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just a little bit to show them if they go and get a credit card or if they go and get a car loan, it's going to cost you money. I know your story about how you yeah. were, what, $70,000 in debt? Yep. Good times. You had interest, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? They need to learn this before they get a credit card. Valid point. Yes. Really, really important. <laughs> Maybe I'll jack up the interest. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, right? But it, but it is. It's like um, imagine learning the lessons that it took us to adulthood to get slapped in the face with to be able to learn at a young age so you're already set up for the future. Like how amazing is that? Totally, totally. And so then, okay, it gets better, Jamie, it gets better. So then they have to overcome the self-doubt and this fear. They're about to launch their site. And that's when I'm like, okay, let me hold your fear. You've, you've set it up. You know how to do this. You've watched me. You, they just used a Shopify store. So it wasn't any coding complex, anything. They took pictures of each other and put it up on the site. They learned how to do inventory. Uh, and then they, and Facebook ads, there weren't really, they, to this day, they still didn't do Facebook ads. They use influencer marketing. That's how I've grown all my businesses too. All my e-com businesses is through influencer marketing. So they had to figure out how to find the strength in them to go contact an influencer and say, Hey, this is my product. This is why I think it's good. And this is how much I want to pay you to advertise. And so they got their yeses and plenty of no's, right? And then they went forward with it. And after that first sale, um, my daughter comes home. She's at school. She, I think they launched it at night and watched a couple trickle in. And then they came in uh, from school that next day. And she was, my oldest at 13, was about in tears because she couldn't figure out how to open up her locker. She's like, Mom, I just can't get this locker open. And I'm like, honey, it's okay. Go look at your Shopify store. You just sold over $4,000 today. Why don't you pay someone to open up your locker for you? <laughs> $4,000 from influencer yeah, 4, marketing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? What kid doesn't want to be like, oh, by the way, hmm, yeah, you can open my locker for me. 20 bucks now. <laughs> That's amazing. Confidence. Uh-huh. Right? They didn't understand what $4,000 was. They had no concept to them. Yeah. They still had their quarter in the bank, right? And they were, like, it was just they couldn't figure out how much money that was. So we actually sat them down and compared it to babysitting hours and said, okay, babysitting, you're going to be making what five bucks an hour. How many babysitting jobs is it going to take you to make $4,000? And by the end of it, they were like, oh, that's too many diaper changes. 
And so that's, they just threw themselves in and then they just kept repeating the process over and over again. And I think that's something that entrepreneurs forget too. Sometimes it's the boring work and the repetition that actually creates a success. It's not some big, huge aha moment. It's by keeping consistent over and over and over. And that's, that's, the, we know that's the key to success, right? Is never stopping. And so they saw that um, over and over and over again. See, so teaching that to a kid is uh, go you because I'm I'm so glad my daughter's <laughs> listening to this right now. Though I think she's going to want to sell some sort of product and, and have leverage and yes. not do any service based anything anymore because both <laughs> the kids do a lot of service based stuff. But you're right, the amount of money that they can actually do uh, versus the leverage mm-hmm. that they can have is also a great lesson that they can learn now instead of later. My daughter's going to be like, I need to make $4,000 the first influencer marketing thing I'm going to do right now. <laughs> now she's got a set point. Oh no. Which is a wonderful thing though. So, so when you're- Just tell her $200 made for kids. It's those mini wins. Yeah. Like you may, you have them make like a hundred dollars and then you go to Target and buy what, a $3 shirt and then they build that confidence. You're setting them up like little mini wins instead of get to hundred dollars in nine months, right? Like if they don't do it, then they're going to feel like failures. So you're just creating those little tiny men, those little tiny wins that they can be like, yes, yes, I totally get this. I'm totally, I'm totally nailing this. I love it. So, and my daughter does door to door rosemary sales still. She's, she goes, but, but it's so <laughs> time consuming. And so, and she gets the door shut on her face a little bit. She's like, hmm. So it's great for grit, but how did you get your yes. kids to not quit or not, not get your kids, but how did they not quit? Because, uh, especially for children, their um, interests are very uh, fluid. I know mine were when I was little. I was like, I'm going to do this for a long time, right? Did it, Was it just the money feedback that they know that they could do no. it? Or yeah, tell me more about the, the no, 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 annoyances no. of this. So uh, <laughs> they started in April and we had them commit to the full year. They had to finish out the full year. And as parents, we knew that if we forced it for a long time and not let them be children, they would resent it. And so that next year, my daughter, my oldest was like, I really want to do band. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but she needed to learn who she really is, right? We give them this experience and then they have to figure out who they are and what they want to do. So she actually took a break. There were still cells coming in. It just wasn't as, as much, but she wanted to take a break and figure out what she really wanted to do in life. She took some nursing classes at school and was like, no, not doing nursing. Uh, she took some the music lessons and, and she liked that, but it just wasn't her passion. And then what happened is when she was at a band camp, she came home and was like, mom, school starts in a couple of days. I don't have any money to buy school clothes. Okay. This is the next part. When we, uh, <laughs> when they had the ability to start making money, this is going to sound so mean. No, no, I know where you're going with this. Say it. Just say it. I love it. We cut them off of all things but four things. We provide housing, food, um, schooling, and underwear. And they have to buy everything else. <laughs> Oh, everybody thinks I'm hardcore and I make them buy their own stuff. Like I always make them buy their own stuff, like toys or anything like that, unless it's a gift from a grandparent or whatever. And sometimes I'll buy them something, but in general, nothing. And they, everybody thinks I'm hardcore. I like, I like where you're going. Maybe I could, maybe I could level up my hardcoreness. They're like, you, you make your kids buy that? I was like, yeah, you got any money? Oh, you don't, you can't, don't know what to tell you. Go earn some, right? Yeah. Yeah. These kids know, yeah, these kids know how to make money. They so know how to make money. And then when they go to the store, instead of like throwing a tantrum that they want five shirts, 
And I'm like, I'm not buying you five shirts, right? They in their heads are like, well, I have to pay for this. I'm just going to choose one. And so they're thinking through the process and then they're like, mom, I want to buy this or I want to buy that. I'm like, good. I want you to, too. Like, how can I support you so that you can get the money to do it? And so it's not a bunch of no's. It's a bunch of yes. How can I support you? What can I do besides giving you the money? (laughs) How can I support you to make money in your business? And so when my daughter came home from that camp, she didn't have any money because she hadn't been doing her business. And so I actually had to go work in my warehouse for eight bucks an hour for the day. And right after we went to Old Navy and she could only buy a pair of pants. And she's like, I just worked all day long and I can only afford a pair of pants. And she looked at me and she said, yep, business is for me. I would rather make thousands of dollars than eight bucks an hour. (laughs) I love this story, especially because it's very prevalent for me right now. Because I was trying to explain to the kids, most people work and make eight to $12 an hour. So feel free. And they're like, eh, but I should make them do it. I don't, I need to make my children do stuff. Okay. I love this. You do it children. Uh, Because I I don't think they have a good, they go to an entrepreneur school, which is amazing, but I don't feel like they have the context. So of, of what real life is really like people. Right. And my son's made a lot of money, but still it is. It's like, Oh, this is the real world. Okay, here you go. Um, But I'm sure being set up at 18 for having this as a history is huge. Uh, And, and for anybody listening that's had, that's stuck in their business right now and going, if a teenager can do it, right? And and holding yourself to yeah. that, um, the pushing, I guess, or out of your comfort zone feeling, because everything's new for the kid anyway, but everything's new for you as a business owner. How do you keep pushing out of your comfort zone over and over and over again? Me, me personally or for the kids? Actually, I want to hear from you. For me personally, Jamie, I'm not going to lie. It's hard. So I actually threw my first conference in March and I can't even throw a birthday party. Um, I'm ask my kids, we go to Chuck E. Cheese and Costco to get a cake. <laughs> That's awesome. But I had 250 paid people coming and then 50 staff and, um, a, a few friends that were helping with this. And three days before, uh, that, uh, the self doubt, the insecurities just flooded me. And my team looked at me and they're like, are you okay, Allison? And I said, you know what? I'm not. Thank you for helping realize me realize that there's something wrong. So I drove home and the whole way home, I just bawled and all that insecurity came over me. And I, like I was watching Instagram stories and Facebook posts of people that were getting in their car from in States away to come see me. And I'm like, I got to cancel this. I can't do this. Who do I think I am? Right. But, and I look back at it now and I was just so overwhelmed with that. I know who I am. I know that I've created multiple multi-million dollar businesses, but it's in those times of just sheer fear, sheer fear of acknowledging it and letting it all out. Just whatever you need to do, cry, run, whatever you need to do, just let it out. Right. And so I cried all the way home and I got home. My husband looked at me. He's like, Oh, what's going on? (laughs) And I said, I can't do this. I can't, I can't. So he held me for a little bit. Um, and then I just like just sobbed on his shoulders, sobbed and sobbed. And he looked at me and he, um, put his hand like up here and he like pulled, he pretended like he pulled it out and said, okay, there's your fear. It's gone. 
you need to step in to who you need to be. You were given this journey for a reason, Allison. It's your turn to share. Step into who you were made to be. And Jamie, like my a lot of my first part of my entrepreneur journey, I thought it was just me. I was alone. Nobody understood me. My friends didn't get me. Like I lost friends from doing this. And I would stay up till four in the morning and then have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. And I was exhausted and just felt like I lived on this little island that nobody understood. But over the years of this journey, I found that there's a world, a whole world that understands it. And so now if I start feeling one way or I feel another way, I've got contacts. Uh, I got into a coaching group that has absolutely changed my life. And I'm like, you guys are crazy just like me. Yeah. Because <laughs> these, these right? wild sobbing moments are not... Uh, I don't want to say infrequent, but they're they're normal uh, to an entrepreneur that's pushing mm-hmm. themselves. And I don't think people talk about it enough. They're like, no, but it's sunshine and roses and everything's easy for me. And that's we, all we want is joy and sunshine, right? No. And it's not like that when you actually get into it, especially if you're pushing yourself consistently. Yeah. Like I set up e-commerce because I'm an introvert. I'm good not being in front of crowds, Right. And then I just had this feeling you need to go teach your journey. I was, I gave you this journey. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't make me do this. Right. So pushing myself to speak on a stage in front of people. And now I've spoken in groups of over 3,500 people like, to watch that journey for me. And then I actually go back now and say and, and look back at where I started and my journey. Like I'm constantly looking back over my journey because we're always looking at this peak, right? Oh my gosh, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And it never seems to be enough. Mm-hmm. But when you take a moment to look back at just how far you've come, come, even if it's that first $200, right? Getting over that fear, that anxiety, that stress of launching your first product, being able to make that first dollar online, it doesn't matter. I, the number or the zeros are just there, right? You're still experiencing it every single step of the way. Uh, I, I think looking back helps give you the strength to move forward. I don't think entrepreneurs do that enough either. It's like, wait, did you not see all of the things that you've done in your past? It's like, yeah, I know, but 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 I'm looking so on the future or it's not enough or whatever those pieces are. And that messes with your brain too, because then you're never satisfied, oh, yeah. which I think is a good piece of being an entrepreneur. It's good to never be completely satisfied because I feel like that reaching is also can be juicy. But if it makes you crazy, not so much. So how do you deal with that where you're, where it's never really enough? Uh, so this is a good, a good question. Uh, I, we were, my husband and I were with our financial advisor and my financial advisor says, Alison, what's your goal? And I said, I want to double it. And my husband looked at me and he's like, you want to double it? Like, Alison, when's enough enough? You work a lot. And this is at the point where, um, I owned eight businesses. I know Jamie. <laughs> I saw this in the notes and I was like, mm. I've got data on that from millionaires too. So please tell me, tell me about this eight business story, but finish your story. Don't, don't do eight businesses. Don't do eight businesses because <laughs> they all come crashing down at one time and on your plate. Right. Oh, anyway. And my husband looked at me, he's like, Allison, why, why do you need to double? This is good. And it was a big realization of me not Yes, I'm competitive with myself. I want to keep pushing. I want to keep growing. Um, Alex Sharfin talks a lot about momentum. As entrepreneurs, we need to feel that momentum. And if we don't, we get like in these weird funks, right? But I've got to learn 
how to find momentum in other parts of my life, right? Like we moved, just moved to Puerto Rico and I'm feeling so much momentum in my family mm-hmm. because we're stuck, stuck on an island together. We don't have a lot of friends out here yet. And so what do we do? We go have dinner on the beach together, mm-hmm. which is so, so amazing. And we get to watch our kids laugh and play and it just brings us together. And so it's me helping find momentum in other parts of my life instead of just so money driven. Cause as an entrepreneur, money is very trackable, right? We can see those numbers. One is one. One's not, oh, maybe it's 0.5 or 0.3. No, one is one. And we can see that. And I was so focused on that number. Um, uh, and, and the number of, uh, of where I was of getting now it's changed differently. My numbers now include my family, how much time I get to spend with them. Another one is I've actually been teaching the last two years, which that's a whole new ball game. And I have so much fun. Like they, they feel me when I get to see their success stories in a whole different way. Jamie, you know, this, when we see someone go through these, I can't do this, Alice. And I can't do this. And you're like, yeah, you can. And they make their first dollar, their first thousand, their first hundred. And you get to watch their journey. It's a whole different thing. It's like watching your kids succeed at something they struggled at, right? <laughs> yes. yes. You're like, impact. I helped somebody. This is amazing. Yeah. It's almost better than yourself, yeah. which is amazing. Well, it so, is. so it I, I just want so, to highlight what you say about the momentum piece and finding it somewhere else. Please, everybody that's an entrepreneur, please heed her warning on this or not warning, but you know what I mean? Uh, because I don't think, and even the type of personality that I was beforehand, I just move every couple of years and be like, okay, right. The energy has to to go somewhere. So I'm just going to do this. Right. And then I started a business later and was like, Oh, that's crazy. But the, it's the momentum feeling <laughs> that really makes a difference. And you can find that just so you know, people in other ways that is not just business, we can be more well-rounded yeah. anyway. So bucks over. Okay. Yeah. So, so eight businesses, what happened with those eight businesses then? Uh, so I met a guy named Russell Brunson. Have you heard of him? And he's oh, like, no, uh, what not. are you doing? Everybody's heard about Russell. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Russell. And he's like, you have eight businesses. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that so cool? He's like, no, no, that's not cool. He's like, you're going so wide. Allison, go deep, find your true passion and go deep. You'll be happier. You'll be able to move faster and you'll probably make more. And I was like, but I don't know how to get, how do I do this? And so it was all about focusing in on what I truly love to do. And Jamie, I thought it was the numbers, but now it's the numbers have changed to how many people can I impact? Mm. And when I have that thought in my head, how many people can I impact? How many people can go from that stay at home mom position of filling the paycheck to paycheck life, like one appliance breaking down to having to go in debt for it, that fear, mm. like, how can I help those people? And I, I connect with a lot of moms cause I'm a mom. I have kids. I talk about mom stuff all the time. Right. <laughs> so I connect with a lot of these moms and helping them find that power inside of them to push out that fear and step into who they were meant to be. Yes. We're meant to be moms. That's the best job in the whole world, but it doesn't necessarily have to be our only job. Right. We have been given so much and part of our jobs as human beings is to change people's lives, whether it's our product changing people's lives, whether it's our services changing people's lives. It is literally our obligation to help other people in this world. And so I found, oh my gosh, so much joy 
in helping others that Russell really helped me to narrow it down and say, okay, I actually, mm, that's not my passion over there. That's not my passion. Uh, so I've narrowed it down to two main businesses, which I'm pretty darn proud of. And I can go deep with those and serve more people and get my, the, the students that I teach, the, I can just make more impact on them. And that's my, that's my goal now. And then the money just comes like I, people would say that. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> but now I've seen it and I'm like, okay, they're not crazy. Totally true. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we do that? Oh, huh. When it happens to me, then I'll believe it. Right. Oh, okay, great. You're right. <laughs> Never mind. You're totally right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so what I also love though, is you're helping moms and you're going to tell the story of your kids and, and impacting the next generations in regards to that too. The moms will, will show the kids what can be done, right? Instead of just being a helicopter mom going, you should do this, right? They're actually doing it with their own journey. And that's the best thing ever for kids to be able to see too. So you're changing, changing the world. That makes it so much more... <laughs> More, uh, more heart centered too, right? So it's not just about the numbers yeah. anymore. It really is impact for some other people. I love this. Okay. okay. You know, I could ask you. I want to, yeah, go ahead. I'd want to say one more thing because <laughs> I know a lot of people say you teach, but you can't do mm. anymore. But what we do is we actually go alongside and give case studies. So two weeks ago in Puerto Rico, cause people are like, well, I can't, I can't ship. I live in Canada or I live in an RV, RV or I live in a bus down by the river. Right. And they have all the excuses. And so I'm like, huh, I'm in Puerto Rico. I can't ship from here. It's going to cost way too much to ship. So we created a product and we sold it. Then I went into my community and I'm like, okay, hey guys, this is how we set it up. This is what we did. These were our cell numbers. This was our order cart value. This was this, this was this. I'm still in there showing them how to do it all the time. So I can help keep breaking the excuses in their head that they can't do it. Yes. And so there are some people that still do what they teach, and I'm one of them. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm uh, speaking at Scott Volker's conference too, and he does the, he's in the e-com side too, and he does that too because especially in the e-com space and how fast it moves to have old data of like, well, we used to do it like this, right, and still teach it. When it's not, when change happens way too fast and current uh, current uh, conditions of the market is very fluid. Uh, so I so appreciate yeah. you actually doing that because that's that's showing them the real deal and that they can actually still do yeah. it now. That's awesome. Uh, I know we have to start wrapping up and I'll, I'll probably have you back on the show again. We want to talk so much about children. We'll actually talk more about the actual e-com and what you do with your clients and all that fun stuff. But to wrap up, what is one action listeners can take this week to help move them forward towards their goal of a million? Well, I think with this topic, it's to find that person that can hold your fear for you. Mm. Because Jamie, how many people do you talk to that they're stuck in their head? Like so many, right? A million. And if no, you can every just... single one of them <laughs> is stuck in their head at some point. Yes. We're entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if, yeah. And if you can find that person to hold your fear, it, it becomes a whole new game. Okay. Then I usually don't ask you that follow-up question, but how, give me the tactics. Like, do you say, hold my fear, and then they just hold it, and you just feel better? Give me a little bit more about like how you can uh, reinforce that, or what do you actually do? Um, it, this is the mom fluffy side of things, but it really works for me, and it's worked for a lot of my people. Is So, for instance, Jared, my husband, he's around me a lot, and my sister, she lives in Utah now, so it's a little bit harder for her, uh, but it really is. like I'll go give them a hug, and I just... I hold them and I just really envision in my head, okay, all this self doubt, all of this, everything 
it's just going onto your plate. It just, you hold this and then I feel lighter. And once I feel that lighter feeling, then I start focusing on the positive thoughts that come into my head. And it, like some people are like, oh my gosh, that's so soft and fuzzy and whatever, but it works for me. And it has been so powerful. The things that I've been able to do when I literally say, Jared, take this right now. And maybe you're envisioning the word fear. Maybe you're envisioning that self-doubt. Maybe you're envisioning like this cape of something that's holding you down and like you hand it to them. And then you're like, okay, I can't think about it anymore. Move forward. And then it's not like it's just a one-time deal. Like I'm constantly telling, asking my family, hey, I'm doing something uncomfortable. I'm doing something that I don't like. Can you hold my fear? And they've gotten really good with me too of saying, Hey, you look a little freaked out. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? And you do have to have those people around you. Uh, and I have business friends now where I can call who are, um, the female moms that like my husband wouldn't understand. And I'm like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with this? And then I'll talk it through. I don't necessarily say, Hey, we hold my fear. Like they'll totally think I'm crazy. But I'll be like, hey, can you help me talk this through? And by talking it through with them, they're taking that thing that I was giving power, that fear that I was giving power, and they're helping me break it down. And so it doesn't bother me as much anymore. I love I say as stuff. much. Don't even. Don't. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so the well, only because it because I test it and it works. For, I have a guided meditation that does the exact same thing. It's taking all your self doubt and putting it on a plate, literally putting it on a plate. So it's hilarious that you're saying that exact same thing because you do feel <laughs> lighter. Like I don't have to own this mm-hmm. anymore, right? It's because it's not mm-hmm. your own best interest. It's not your own brain doing things for the good. It's doing for the not good and will hold you back. And you do feel lighter. So I challenge people, even if you think it's fluffy or a little visionary or woo woo or whatever, uh, to just give it a shot because. It, if you feel better, it's going to be a million times better. And we have to use whatever tactics humanly possible in this world of entrepreneurship that can be a roller coaster crazy ride, like you were saying. So thank you, yeah. Allison. Yeah. I'm so thankful for Joelle for introducing us. I absolutely love a little shout out to Joelle also. Uh, how can Ooh. we find more about you online and what you teach and all that fun stuff? So allisonjprince.com. You can find me on Instagram, allisonjprince, YouTube, allisonjprince. And right now I've got the zero to hundred K system. And that's what I taught my daughters. And I've taught, uh, I've got over 4,000 in my program right now of teaching them how to start from zero and get to their first hundred thousand dollars online. I was about to say, oh, I'm going <laughs> to give that to my daughter. And no, if she's listening, she has to do it herself. That's, that's she's the kind of mom. She, she's got to download that. She's got an email address. She's fine. She can download that too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Allison. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. If you enjoy this show, I would really appreciate your wonderful words of feedback. Go leave me a review. I would love a rating. Whatever you can do in the time that you've got, I would so appreciate it.